This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The National Prosecuting Authority has said it will prioritize cases of those arrested uh, during the Gauteng and KZN violence. And uh, they say this lawlessness and criminality ravaging South Africa uh, is necessarily condemned in the strongest terms and a lot of people have been arrested i think over a thousand i'll get the actual figure from my guest in a short while and uh, the npa said those taken into custody would have their cases prioritized once they reached the courts the ntpp and the leadership of the national prosecuting authority are monitoring developments to better organize the npa to respond appropriately in fact uh, one of our colleagues in the media atim tongana last night uh, saying that the presidency had confirmed that the NPA is putting together a special team that is going to prosecute these and to act speedily and probably get as harsh punishment as possible. Advocate Mtunzi Mahaga, NPA national spokesperson, is my guest. Lamini, good morning. Good morning, Lukona. I don't know what in my input is going to be because you've summarized our <laughs> position quite well. And you might as well be the spokesperson. Uh, Lamini, uh, I'm sure I don't want to trade places with you. The NPA <laughs> is far hotter than it appears on the surface, my brother. And I, sh- I sure know your job is far, far more than just talking uh, to me. That. But thank you so much for making time for us. I have seen that you've had a quite a busy morning trying to just put across the position of the NPA. NPA uh, on the matter. No doubt this is an important moment in the history of our country and I suppose what the NPA is trying to say is um, those who are perpetrators of these crimes and violence need to be treated, you know, with the harshest arm of the law. Um, to that, uh, Lukona, uh, you'll recall that we, we had at some stage in 2010 special courts mm. that were dealing with cases that uh, seemed to threaten our tourism and economy stability at the time. Mm. And those were dispensive swift justice, and we learned from that. So we are ready to unleash our prosecutorial machinery to ensure that these cases are dispensed with swiftly. We have experienced prosecutors that will be allocated these cases after which they will go through the system. Of course, prioritization will be focused on those cases of people that are in custody because in some instances people would not be arrested, they would serve with summons, but in this instance many people have been arrested over 1,000 234 people have been arrested and some of those cases are going through the system as we speak starting from today. Absolutely. I mean, you have now uh, intimated that you will be putting some, you know, specialized structure. Will this filter through to all the levels of the NPA or it will be a, a, a centrally coordinated team? How is that going to work? It's going to be decentralized in the the regions in all provinces with chief prosecutors and directors of public prosecutions mm. monitoring these cases and ensuring that they are prioritized through the court role. And in cases where, for example, people cannot afford legal representation, we will liaise with Legal Aid South Africa to provide legal representations to those people because remember, there has to be fair administration of justice in as much as we want swift justice. Now, Mtunzi, the, you, you, you are quite familiar about, you know, prosecuting 
interesting uh, cases that flow out of mob movements or mass movements in terms of protest. They're not the easiest to prosecute. They might appear very easy to the observer at home when a person is being round up, uh, being caught maybe, you know, with a, a stolen good and, and all of that. But when you get to court in terms of those burdens of proof, it is not always as easy as it appears. And in fact, I know it from the student movements, for example, we have had a lot of contact with uh, students who have been arrested. Eventually, many of them get their cases removed or struck off the roll because police can't provide the necessary evidence. We, we have a very old principle in the criminal law, which is called common purpose, mm. where people are arrested in a group by association. You are guilty of the offense that one commits in your presence. If a person breaks into a store and you can't enter that store and he takes some items from that store and moves away and you do not take any item, you are guilty by association. So we will invoke the principle of common purpose. So it won't be a difficulty. This principle of common purpose was... Tempted uh, by the NPA, attempted by the NPA um, after the Marikana massacre. And there was a great deal of pushback, particularly given its history and its foundation in as part of the apartheid 1980s piece of, you know, uh, attack on people who are seen to be acting against the state. How much do you think you'll be able to convince us as the public that indeed uh, you ought to prosecute these people with the principle of common purpose? Remember, that decision was reviewed by the then National Director of Public Prosecution because that prosecutor we consider that to be overzealous in the circumstances of Marikana. But mm. in this instance, we will be guided by evidence that is presented to us by law enforcement and obviously take a prosecutorial decision informed by the facts that will be presented to us. Absolutely. And I mean, Mtunzi, some of these people are not arrested inside the shop. That may be easier to invoke. Some are arrested, you know, citizens' arrests that we saw last night, I'm sure you are aware, around Protea Glen, for example, where people started having a roadblock and they would stop cars and if they find any loot, uh, they would, you know, offload the loot and then help uh, hold the person and call the police uh, to arrest. I'm just trying to say, uh, what do you think you need to be doing? And I, and I know that, you know, for the PPE-related issues, you had the, uh, not the war room, but a, a joint structure uh, that have... The, the term has now escaped me. You can assist me with that. You had a joint uh, coordinating effort among yourselves, uh, the Hawks and uh, the Subs. Do you think you need to do something of that nature just to make sure that the police are harvesting the necessary evidence that you will be requiring? You are correct, uh, Lukona. Police are not necessarily equipped with the legal skills that prosecutors have. Hence, we work collaboratively with law enforcement in order to adopt an integrated approach, not a piecemeal approach where police will bring these cases and we withdraw them. At the infancy, at the beginning of the investigative process, we will be working closely with law enforcement so that they are able to bring evidence that is admissible in a court of law so that we can secure a conviction at the end of the day. So that weakness that is always there will be taken care of.
My guest is Advocate Mtunzi Maga, NPA National Spokesperson. The line is 0861-987-000. If you do want to join in on this conversation or ask him a question or put some message across uh, to him, people of power, um, that, that line is, is always, always open to you. You can always uh, tweet me as well at Lukonamguni, hashtag uh, power talk. I mean, Mtunzi, as you are saying, you need to have this coordinated effort, particularly because of the deficiencies that are there within in uh, the police as 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 you have been observing issues as the NPA I know it might not be your ground to venture into publicly but I know that uh, you do watch whether or not you are impressed by uh, the conduct of law enforcers for you to have enough uh, confidence that the work that they are going to be bringing to you when they bring those dockets to you in fact they will be credible ones when you've been looking I mean if you look at a, a more like Jabulani in Soweto right opposite a police station and it gets looted for hours on end without intervention. Do those things worry you as as the NPA? No, it worries us, but we take comfort from the fact that if you have a high number of 1,234 people that have been arrested, it means the police have been doing a great job on the ground. But obviously, you know, Lukona, since Marikana, the police confidence and uh, restraint approach is is, is, is is problematic, so you must understand them. But I must say that uh, we take comfort from the fact that they have been able at least to arrest so many people, and they continue to do so. Will you be opposing a bail from all the arrested looters? And I mean, I suppose some of them have had to appear before magistrates or negotiate police bails by now, given that uh, if, I mean, you look at some who have been arrested for over 48 hours a decision to oppose or grant bail is taken by the magistrate but informed by the attitude of the police and the prosecutors that will be informed by whether we have sufficient grounds to oppose that bail or not for example if someone has no permanent residential address if someone we consider to be a flight risk, if someone we consider that he will evade trial, if someone we consider that he may interfere with investigations, he may threaten witnesses, those are the factors that will be taken into account. So each case will be dealt with on its own merit in as far as the decision to oppose bail or not. Generally, how do you deal? I like you raise this issue around, you know, addresses. How do you deal with people who reside, I mean, for lack of a better term for this conversation, who reside in informal settlements? for example, because much of uh, some of these incidents have happened adjacent uh, to communities of that nature. That has been a, a big problem uh, in most cases, Lukolo, but police are instructed by the magistrate to go with the accused person to point out the address where the person stays, and then if they get confirmation from a person who stays with that person in writing in the form of an affidavit that indeed the person stays in that address and provide any proof that this is the place where the person resides. Um, Tunze, just hold for me. I've got Mbuso on the line. Mbuso, good morning. Hey, look on. Shame on that gentleman. Like, shame on you. We've got gender-based violence. You don't have so much energy when it comes to dealing with those cases. Here you've got looters. It's wrong for people to loot. Yet you've got so much energy to prosecute. You even dare to say that police are doing a great job. 
by arresting 1,000 something people. Where are these very same police when it comes to uh, women being murdered? Why are they not arresting those guys who are murdering people? You, 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 you're investing so much resources to loot us. Yes, it's fine. You'll, I don't think actually you'll even win with that with these cases. Most of those, I, I think 80% of them, they will be thrown out of court. 80%, more than 80%. So basically what you're doing here, you're wasting state resources. You need to redirect those resources. Find, fight gender-based violence, something that you've been failing for years on. Teenage, uh, teenage rape, everything, you guys are failing this month. Yet you want to come and prove that uh, you'll be prosecuting people. 80% of those uh, cases, they'll be thrown out of court. I tell you, look on. Okay, Buso, I hear you loud and uh, clear. Um, Tunzi, I mean... I can respond to that. Absolutely, please. It's no, yours it's, to it's respond. Always, it's always problematic when people argue legal issues from an uninformed and emotional perspective, look on. Because we have sexual offenses courts over 53 in the whole of South Africa that cater for gender-based violence cases. Mm. We issue statements day in and out on life imprisonment being meted out to offenders or people that have been convicted of gender-based violence. We have protection orders. We have officers that sit in court that deal specifically with people that are threatened because of their gender, race, and all of that. So what is important is for people to avoid arguing issues when they are uninformed. Um, absolutely. Tunzi, there's also the question around space and capacity to accommodate people who are being arrested, especially in the midst of uh, COVID-19. Now, I know as the NPA, you may know, this is not your terrain, but you do have colleagues at the Department of you know, uh, Justice uh, justice in first and then Correctional Services, of course. Um, what is the sense in terms of you know, managing uh, space issues, especially given that the arrests are t- uh, tend to be concentrated in a particular community and therefore uh, Custody and uh, custody for these people would be at a common facility. It's, it's very important, Lukona, to look at the circumstances of each person that is being arrested. We will obviously consider granting bail to people that are first offenders, people mm. who have permanent residential addresses, um, depending on the kind of offense that the person has, has, has committed. For example, if a person has committed a sin, it would be difficult sometimes yeah. to grant the person bail. But if it's just public violence in terms of throwing a stone without causing any damage, and that person may be granted bail. So in order to alleviate the overcrowding that is there in our in, in our correctional center. So those are issues that will be taken into account. But in terms of the cases that come through our court role, they will be spread through all the courts that have jurisdiction to hear those matters. So their capacity is there to deal with those cases. Okay, I've got Josh on the line. Good morning, Josh. Lukona, uh, morning, how are you? I'm well, how are you this morning? Fine. Lukona, you know, I just want to corroborate your speaker there. Mm. Uh, I, I was a prosecutor with the NPA for a period of more than 15 years. Mm. I can tell you, Lukona, the, on the face of what I see, those cases are going to be the simplest to, to prove for the state. You know, they are going to be, they are not going to be difficult. In, they are going to be very, very very simple. Mm. The only thing that which I see a problem, it might be uh, the logistics, you know, your interpreters, legal aid and stuff like that, you know. 
but they, I can tell you and I can assure you that they are going to be very, very simple to prosecute. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Josh. I mean, uh, Mtunzi, one of your own there, I suppose, once a prosecutor <laughs> in the NPA. Always. always. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of your really own there. Uh, but, but Mtunzi, I, I mean, at face value, as he's saying, that sounds good. But when you round up 20 people and you send them to the nearest police station, um, what what is the administrative issue there? I mean, and how difficult is it to just administer everybody one for one before you send them to the holding cells, for example, because that's exactly where these issues might stand or fall. No, I think the, the, the law enforcement is capable because, remember, they've got big trucks that they will put people in, and when they come in, they open one police docket and then list the number of accused in that police docket. It's not that they will open a, a police docket for an incident. Depending on the number of people, they'll open one police docket. Mm. And those, for example, yesterday, uh, about 87 people were arrested and they are appearing today at Renbeck Magistrate Court in respect of various offenses that occurred in one mall. So it may happen that you will have one target that will be listing a number of accused persons, and then the prosecutor will be confronted with same witnesses. For example, the advantage we have here is that there's active citizenry. Mm. Most of these people are arrested by members of the community. They mm. are, then police come in and, are, and, and, and put them in, in, in and they, they, they apprehend them, they take them to police stations. So those people will be assisting the state in building up a formidable case with the police that would be presented to prosecutors. So you have witnesses that are uh, law enforcement, you have witnesses that are members of the community. I mean, Tunze, before I let you go, if I don't ask you this one, I'm going to get into trouble with people of power. Uh, I do know that Sipongwe at some point was with Titi on breakfast, I think about two weeks ago, dealing with the issue of apartheid uh, cases, over 300 of them that were handed over to the NPA by the TRC. Um, I know that there's effort to create something special. It seems as if the NPA is really trying to create specialized things for this and that. Are you confident that you are on the right path with those cases? We are because what we're doing now is a prosecution-guided investigative methodology that we're following up, which I had intimated to you earlier to say mm, police mm, don't have mm. the legal skills, but we do as prosecutors. They have the investigative and research skills. So we have this dedicated capacity that we have, the NTPP has established, which would then assist in building up formidable cases so that we can successfully prosecute those apartheid era crimes. Right. When, do you, think, when do you think your first case, what is your target, at least if we were to say a, a target? We, we, we have about four cases that are already on the roll at the moment. Mm. So it's going to take some time. So people need to exercise some some patience. I'm unable to commit to time frames at the moment, unfortunately. Lamini, thank you so much for your time this morning. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.